0: Most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. Today's gospel is from Luke chapter 5. It serves as the basis for the sermon today. Jesus' power and his grace called Peter into his service. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Dearest people of God, whether you are here for the first time today or have made your mark on that cushion of that pew or the same hour of the week for years in a row, whether faith is just being created or confirmed this morning, whether you are just beginning to crack open God's word and what he has to say to you, or if you've heard it for the centillionth time. This epiphany season gives us all a fresh start. We're all in the same boat. It's so one of the things that I love about Epiphany is every time you come back out of Christmas, it's like a reintroduction to Jesus. You hear this fresh call to his disciples to follow him and to learn from him. You hear this fresh and reinvigorating call to fish for people out in the world, sharing the good message that he had to give. It's a really exciting season for that reason. And this story is part and parcel to that moment. Every time we gather together, it's really Really like this, that no matter how often you you open the blinds of Scripture, how many times you pull back the curtain, and say, Jesus, tell me about yourself. He's always a sun that's too bright for the eyes. There's always something just marvelous and wonderful, something more to think about. And especially today, we have this this new start in in ministry and mission that you feel from our our reading from Luke chapter 5 this morning. So I invite you to, wherever you're coming from, and whatever your background, to meet Jesus fresh again today, like meeting him for the first time, looking in his eyes like you've never looked at them before, and to learn how to get a new net for a new catch, something new today. The scene itself is... Couldn't be more disarming. It's very relaxed. I, I imagine the flow of this text is kind of somebody massaging your shoulders at the table, putting you in relaxed mode. Don't do this now, okay? Be the active listener. But, you know, it kind of soothes you in with these phrases in this setting. We're at a lakefront worship service. You know, this, there's a gentle breeze. You can just, if you close your eyes, don't fall asleep. But if you close your eyes, you can hear the waves lapping in the background, right? You have the warm sun on your face. It's morning time. There's a couple of fishermen with their boats, two of them pulled up on the shore after a long night's work. They're just kind of quiet off to the side, scrubbing away the slime from their nets, you know. You have a very calm scene and people are gathered around and very quiet just to listen to Jesus teach. And so a crowd is gathered on the shore and they're listening to the word of God. It's this gentle stock phrase, listening to the Word of God. Nothing to alarm you. Don't open up your eyes, you know. Just relax They're listening to the Word of God. It comes in really gently through the story. This is kind of how we begin. But get ready, because that bucket of ice water is coming to your massage table, all right? But before we get there, just appreciate the scene and the environment. Because ultimately... It is, well, not for relaxation and sleep, but it's there to set a tone. Jesus is going to use this as the metaphor for the day. We already had it in our prayer of the day. Lord, fill up your nets. Lord, fill up your nets. There's something about being at the shore with Scripture. There's something about Jesus in a boat and believers. Something about fish and faith that we're pushing them together today. Sand and souls, they're intertwined. And that's what Jesus is going to work with. Consider it like the raw uh, built-in material to this story that Jesus is going to use as he's about to tell Peter to go fishing for people. So it's all there, and you can almost say, Jesus is a fisherman. As he asks for a boat to sit down in and teach the people on the shoreside, they're quiet, not very alarming, nothing to confront you with or, or rouse you from your relaxation yet. They have, they have a net being cast to them. Jesus is giving them the word of God. He is fishing. And he wants f- faith to catch. He sends his powerful word. To be something to make to make a people caught up by his love and caught up by his grace. So here he is sit, sitting in the boat, and then it takes it to the next step. We have this built-in metaphor and this opportunity of the fishing Jesus, and he stops for a special. Let's let's push this in a new special way. He tells Peter, "Let's set out a little bit deeper and put down your nets for the catch." And it sort of hits. Hits a button. You know, well, are you are you going to be teaching today? Or are we fishing today? Like what's going on in the agenda? But here's this mashup again where these kind of concepts sort of grind on each other and relate. Now we're going to go fishing for actual fish. And Peter, he knows what to tell Jesus. We've been out all night already. We know where the fish aren't. Let's just put it that way. Okay, we're tired. We're fatigued. We're really quiet right now on the shore because we have no fishing stories to tell And we're exhausted from a night's work of labor. But because you say so. See, isn't that an interesting rub? But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now we've got, now we're back to Jesus' word. It's not just fishing, but Peter has to sort this through. Where in the pecking order of authoritative statements am I going to put what Jesus says versus my better judgment, my reason, my experience, my whole night's work of labor? But Jesus is pressing that button. Where are you going to put me? I say, just do it because I say. But because you say so, Peter says, I will let down the nets. Your word, Jesus Everything else could be a lie, but your word would be the truth. And let everything else be false, but your word never is. Your word, but because you say so, maybe he's just, he feels compelled to do it. But either way, the words come out of Peter's mouth, and he says, I'll let down the nets, and the fishing begins, if you can call it that. It's more like catching, isn't it? This is not, this is more insane, record-setting miracle, if we were to term it rightly. And the boats begin to sink as the nets tear and they fill in both of them up and they can't count the catch of fish. And here's where that cold bucket of water hits your face. How did it happen? Can you just watch Peter? Maybe we should have had a video play this today. Maybe you should watch one later and see what the actor does. Can you just watch Peter's face as you go from... This is the biggest catch we've ever had. Like, I could, I could, like, not work for the rest of this year. Like, show me the money. This is amazing. He doesn't, this, like, jubilation or excitement. You see him just beaming with joy. And then it changes. And Peter works his way through what? Fish net? Works his way across the boat to where Jesus is. Something's going on inside of him and he, gets down on his knees, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. That splash of water had hit his face. This isn't just listening to the word of God. It's listening to God. I've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. And at your word, the nets are breaking. What else is going through his mind? There's no pretense anymore. There's no faking it in front of people. There's no putting on a show. You know what it's like to be uncovered by God? Do you know what it's like for him to look backstage? It's easy to put out on stage everything that looks nice, what you want people to see, the acting that you want to take place, the telling of the story. You ever been backstage? It's a mess backstage, and everybody's wearing black and bumping into each other. Things are thrown everywhere backstage. This dark place. It's the hidden stuff that you don't have to show. The hidden stuff that's not under the lights. And now Jesus has pulled back the curtain. You're, you're God. Like, who am I if I've been living as this reputable fisherman of Galilee all this time? Like, it's gone now. It's gone now. You put all the fish in the boat. Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I is putting all this together. That horrible thing that we dread to actually be fully exposed morally to other people. To God Himself. I can't escape your presence. You need to leave so I can feel, I don't know, differently. Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man, He says to Him. What's going on inside of Peter? He might not realize that, but He's a very good theologian because He recognizes that it's not just hell. What do we say? I deserve, we said this today, I deserve your punishment both now and forever. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But that punishment isn't just a place, some like fiery place of torture or whatever. That punishment is separation from God. There's another confession of sins that we have used uh, often in the past to say, Lord of life, by nature I am dead in sin for faithless worrying and selfish pride, for sins of habit and sins of choice. For the evil I have done and the good I have failed to do, you should, do you remember, cast me away from your presence forever. Jesus, maybe he's a better theologian than he thought. Let me fill out the sentence for you. You are the judge. I get it. You are the judge. You are the creator of all. Let me write it out. You should cast me away. I cast him away from my presence forever. That's what you should do with me. This is where Peter is. I am a sinful man. It's the first sinner use of that word in Luke's gospel. And it often comes up as a label for other people. Right? The sinners and the tax collectors where everybody's kind of labeling a select group of people in the world rather than saying all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Culture has your... We've got our hierarchy. We've got our places. You know, What how, what would people say about me? when they call Pastor Bondu a sinner? I don't get drunk. I was a virgin when I was married and I don't use four-letter words except like hope or wife, faith... No, faith, that's five. Life, love... People don't label me a sinner. But here in this boat, with this one, all the devil's games go away. I am a sinner, he said. Think of all the things that the way you tell a story in your mind—the story of your own life—the way you want to excuse behavior and kind of embellish or work on the rosy side of things—think of the way he is telling the story of his life to himself. People can call me what they want. I can't play that game around you. I can't avoid the label sinner around you. I am a sinner. I am the leper, I am the sick, I am the dying, I am the hellbound. You should cast me away from your presence forever. And as I confess this curse, Jesus shows me the cure. This is where Peter was. This is what he understood, and Jesus opens up a space to him just as freshly and as newly as he opens up the space to us. His feet didn't move. He didn't say, you're right, I didn't know that about you. I'm out of here. His feet didn't budge. In fact, he comes even closer and he says, don't be afraid. And what's the context for don't be afraid? It's not the context of a stormy sea and the wind and the waves. It's the context of, I am a sinner. And Jesus responds with, don't be afraid, Peter. Don't be afraid of being a sinner. Not be bold and courageous and go sin all you want, but don't be afraid of the fact that you are sinful in the sight of God. What? Are you kidding me? Splash that cold water again. Don't be afraid that I am a sinner. This is Jesus' work for us. This is Jesus' word for us. Don't be afraid. He has a ministry of not just pulling fish out of water like rabbits out of a hat, but to show the power of his word, the power of the word of the authority, the power of the word of the one who is the judge of all the living, the power of the one who is giving the ultimate word from God. He is coming with that authority in that boat, in that moment to Peter and saying, don't be afraid. The same Savior who says, don't be afraid, right here, is the same Savior who is forsaken by God, who is cast out of God's presence forever on the cross, on our behalf. He is the Savior who innocently died for our sake. And he is the Savior who rose again with a word on his lips. Peace be with you. Don't be afraid. Peace be with you. Don't be afraid. There's a different sky under which we live. In the presence of God, I am a forgiven man. I am forgiven. These words, us. the word forgiveness is not just a word. It's never been just a word. It's always been an introduction to Jesus. A getting to know Jesus rightly, freshly today. Meet him again anew. In these words, don't be afraid. Jesus spends a ministry proclaiming to you by word and sacrament. Don't be afraid. He makes it his effort to cast all fear of sin and death away from you, far from you. Such is his love. This is the purpose of his word and his preaching. So all eternal danger and eternal damnation would be gone. Be gone. But me, here, with you. That's, That's the purpose of Jesus' word. That's at the heart of everything he has to say. Forgiveness, in its definitionary term, has a picture, and the picture is Jesus who laid down his life for us. So, brothers and sisters, is forgiveness a word you use very often? Aside from this building? Does it come, you know, I, forg- I forgive you or you're forgiven, does that happen? I don't think it happens all that much, does it? Maybe it would a little bit more if I, if I were transparent with people. If I were more exposing the backstage reality, the how God sees me, truth, people can people can say, Pastor, if they want. I also know what I am. I've come, I'm here talking to you about this because Jesus said, don't be afraid to that sinner. And I want you to know that. And maybe my transparency helps you be a little bit more transparent with me, pulling back some curtains, not just for me, but before God together, because I love you. Maybe that'll happen more if you're transparent with people and honest about who you are before God. Sinner and forgiven. But think of also of that word forgiveness. Maybe it doesn't come out your lips all that often. But what about all of its relatives, like love and peacemaking, like generosity and kindness? The relatives of forgiveness are many gentleness. Faithfulness. There's so many other things in a relationship that are tied to father-ancestor forgiveness, right? They all come out of a forgiving heart. Humility as you approach other people, right? Gentleness and kindness. All of these things are, are tangible ways you can demonstrate and show people with your patience, your perseverance. You show people the heart, the heart of it, the parent. The forgiveness of God and have a chance to give that story time in your life with them. What an amazing calling. Before we leave today, think of how they left the boats like full of fish. That story was over. That story wasn't important. And they followed Jesus to be messengers of something that was important, that was eternally impactful. Think of how pivotal this was for Peter as we leave that scene and you leave the shoreline to go into the city. How pivotal it was for Peter to look back and say, I just told God to go away. And he refused. In fact, he said, don't be afraid and come with me and fish for people. This is the most insane day of my life. I can't wait to go find other sinners and give them the same words that were given to me. Not mine, but his. Don't be afraid. So brothers and sisters, let's leave the shore together and fish for people. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.